Welcome back to The Forge, the official podcast of Blacksmith Ministries. Podcasts have played a crucial role in the development of my spiritual life, and I pray these messages will do the same for you. My sincere desire is that these messages, these podcasts, these recordings, these Q&As will do the same for you. Welcome back to episode two of the Heart of Blacksmith Ministries. Um, today we're going to be talking about discipleship. But before then, um, I kind of want to pick up from where we left off at the beginning of our podcast last time. Um, Mr. Richard asked some um, an awesome question about go when you go on a road trip what kind of music do you listen to what is your opening liner and i was able to experience which you can judge me or not but my uncle plays at the floribama in um well it's on the line of alabama and florida and i was able to go experience and like play and sing with him, and so my I was kind of iffy about what I wanted my opening like playlist type thing for drives. Anything Journey, I am a hundred percent set. Anything Journey runs in the family. Um, so yeah, I wanted to throw that out there. Journey, let's go. Okay, <laughs> so um, give me your favorite Journey song. Don't say anything Journey. Give me your favorite Journey song right now. Journey song, Journey. Um. Don't stop believing. It Great was like a foundation song. in high yeah. school. That was one of the songs that the band played. So, come on, yes. Don't it's stop. Typical, but yeah. Okay, yeah. so Mr. Richard, let's get to the topic of discipleship. Last podcast, you said that you know you'll be doing this until the day that you die, which is awesome. But in order for there to be lasting impact, there has to be an element of discipleship. Um, who are some awesome mentors in your life and how have they changed who you are as a mentor? How long do we have for this podcast? You're uh, asking me about mentors? <laughs> Good Lord. All right. So I've got a laundry list and this is not a who's who, but I just want to tell you about the men of God that have impacted me, mentored me. So Damon Thompson's voice out of the ramp is the voice that awakened me, but it wasn't the voice that mentored me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So Pastor Casey Doss at the ramp at the time, um, after my awakening experience in 2009, started going to all of these conferences. We, Pastor Casey and I, just I started pursuing a relationship with him. And I told him, anytime that you travel from Alabama anywhere to Virginia or North Carolina, within six hours, I'm going. I'm there. I, I see what's on your life. I want to learn from you. I want a relationship. But I learned it took me... The onus was on me to pursue him. Mm -hmm. And as I did that for two years, I went to a summer intensive at the Ramp School of Ministry in 2013, and he he saw what I couldn't see. He saw there was God had, had put something in me, and he could see it better than I did, and so he began to draw it out. He wouldn't leave me alone. The entire week we're at school, Every class, he's like, Richard, you're moving to Hamilton. Richard, you're moving to Hamilton. <laughs> Richard, you're quitting your job. You're going to the Ramp School of Ministry. You know, he was playfully doing it, but he was doing it in a way communicating to me, mm-hmm. I see something in you. I am willing to invest in you because you have been willing to pursue me. Yeah. So 
Uh, Pastor Casey has just, he's um, just a mentor in my life. It's, the relationship has evolved. I mean, he'll still be a, a mentor, but we're we're also on a friend level now. Mm-hmm. And it's just one that I cherish. Uh, but we, we can sit and talk, and it's not like <laughs> spiritual father to spiritual son. It's like, you know, Casey Richard yeah. kind of thing. Although I honor and respect everything about him. Um, I, I have some other leaders in my life, Pastor Preston Hedrick, Pastor Larry Saylor. We meet once a week together, and we eat lunch, and we talk, and we pray. And basically, I um, listen. Mm-hmm. You know, these men of God, they're in their uh, late 60s, early 70s. They've been serving God longer than been alive. Yeah. And they pour into me, and I. it's just an, an incredible experience. I've had several mentors from the ramp school of ministry and the relationship kind of like with pastor Casey has evolved from like mentor to friend, mm-hmm. uh, pastor Brian Beasley, pastor Josh Hollinsworth, pastor Jacob Peterson. I mean, they, I honor them so much, but I also recognize how the relationship evolves. And then here's something interesting is I've had a friend for 20 years and we're clearly friends, but his, the relationship is even evolving to more of a mentorship for me. Mm-hmm. So Kevin McBride, He's a man I honor deeply in his giftings. He's becoming more of a mentor, even though we've been friends for over 20 years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And um, I I love that because you're able to just sit and listen to them and just glean from them, and then you're able to, like, take that, digest it, and then pass that down yes. to the ones. yes that you are discipling. Um, So I know with our team, it was never a question of, hey, will you be a spiritual dad? Or, hey, will you disciple me? It just kind of formed. Like we met and it was a study night. It was a study (laughs) night. And you brought pizza and we were supposed to be studying, but you just lined everybody up and started prophesying over us. Like that's the first time we ever met. So... For those who may not be familiar, can you kind of tell them what that looks like? Because to me, that sounds like you and I just met. No. Okay. So the Ramp School of Ministry, they had these, which we weren't necessarily, we didn't necessarily have to have a specific amount of study hours, but they they had like this annex type building um, and they allowed people to come in and study. Um, you could bring your books, your computer, almost like a library type thing. But um, a group of us, 10, 15, it could even be up to 20 people would go in there. But we would also have um, a person like in charge. So Mr. Richard for that night was in charge of everybody. He brought pizza for everybody. I'm pretty sure we had at least 10 to 12 people in there. Yeah. And um, so we were all just kind of studying. And then out of nowhere, Mr. Richard's like, you know what? Um, I need everybody to line up. I'm going to prophesy over you guys. So we just go at it. We start praying. And he just starts giving us word, like prophetic words and everything. So it was awesome. That's the first time that I'd ever met Mr. Richard, had ever gone to a study, hall. like a group study hall yeah. thing. So it was really cool. And then just from there... Um, Me and I think Matt as well and a couple other, we traveled with you to Jasper. And that's where I kind of like sat and was like, oh my gosh, I get to see what it's like to follow somebody who, you know, not it wasn't just me though. It was all of us. We got to travel. We got to see your 
day-to-day life, you go through things and you still believe in God. You still put the scripture to everything. Um, But then you also go and you lay hands on people and you see them healed. You go lay hands on people and they're set free. You, you know, do altar calls and a bunch of people come up and we just pray over people. And it was just awesome to be able to do that. And I know there's probably a couple other people that are like that. So, um, for those of um, those who like maybe travel a lot or um, have even just like settled down in a church, um, maybe they're involved in small groups, and so they have this um, element where they can be discipled. But what are some recommendations um, or like some guidelines that you, you know, that you would recommend you recommend for people who are seeking out discipleship? And then like, what are some red flags? Um, you know, what are some red flags do we look for in deciding, you know, who we should trust and who we should look up to? That's a great question. It's a phenomenal question. And I think sometimes we don't put an emphasis on discipleship maybe as much as we we could. Certainly you go to the Ramp School of Ministry, you're in some type of ministry school, a seminary school. Obviously there's always an element of discipleship, and at the Ramp it is preached heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in the local church— Every local church is different. You don't know what emphasis that they put on discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, to me, it is the way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a way. Mm-hmm. It is the way. Um, Dr. Robert E. Coleman wrote a book, The Master Plan of Evangelism. Yeah, Phenomenal book. Yes. I've actually had the occasion of picking him up from the airport and taking him back, hour and a half drives. And I said, Dr. Coleman. And he said, yes, son. He knew it. I didn't even have to ask him. <laughs> I was like, can I ask you this? Can I ask you this? He's like, as long as you're, you know, keeping your eyes on the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I asked him questions for three hours. That's awesome. And his heart, and I believe it's the father's heart, is that fathers and mothers pour into sons and daughters, mm-hmm. see them grow, see mm-hmm. them mature. It's a relationship that is, it's a family relationship. You yeah. know, if you have a spiritual son or a spiritual father, that relationship is supposed to be ongoing it's not supposed to be for a season and it ends it's a you know even if the discipleship um aspect of it where someone moves but the relationship is always there you know that is the way of the kingdom mm-hmm. fathers and mothers raising up sons and daughters mm-hmm. that become husbands and wives yeah and then they become mothers and fathers themselves mm-hmm. and that is the way of the kingdom because all of us have our own individual anointing. Mm-hmm. But when a spiritual father then lays his hands on you mm-hmm. and declares what's on me to get on them, what, mm-hmm. what's on the father gets onto the son, that doesn't diminish your anointing at all. You actually get to operate in double. That's awesome. I didn't ever think about it that way. And then as you grow and mature and develop, and then you begin to turn in, in time, Mm-hmm. And you raise up a son or daughter, and then as you go to lay hands, that person mm-hmm. then has their own anointing, but the anointing you transfer is not just yours, it's mine too. Yeah. Now, this person doesn't operate in double like you are, mm-hmm. they're actually operating in triple. Whoa. And then they raise up in the process of time, and the anointing just only grows. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's supposed to be. So many times you see in Scripture where a spiritual father does not raise up 
mm-hmm. a son. Samuel, my favorite Old Testament person. I don't call him a character because character almost gives the connotation that it's fiction. You're right. You yeah. know? Samuel. I will get to meet Samuel one day in heaven. He's <laughs> 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 you not know, going to have some chats. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And this is not a knock on Samuel, but because of Eli, that's how he learned fathering, where he did not father his own sons. And this massive anointing that's on him. Mm-hmm. You know, one could argue the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. He didn't pass on his lineage to his sons. Mm-hmm. And so that heaven-to-earth connection should have continued through his sons and then their sons and their sons, and it just grows and grows and grows. It stopped. Mm-hmm. Elijah pours everything he has into Elijah. Elijah asks for a double portion of his spirit, receives it, but then he doesn't pass it on because when he dies, you see a band of raiders kill a man. They find the tomb of Elijah, and they threw the, the dead man's bones on top of Elijah, and yeah, the, yeah. the anointing wasn't transferred out of Elijah onto a spiritual son. The anointing was still on him, they throw the dead man on Elijah's grave, and he comes back to life because the anointing had not been passed on. Whoa. Imagine Elijah is operating in a double portion of Elijah's spirit, and there's twice the miracles that Elijah did, that Elijah did. Imagine if he'd passed that on to a spiritual son of his. Mm-hmm. What that person would operate, and it just continues on and on and on. That's why I believe the enemy attacks family relationships so much mm-hmm. good. so speaking of family relationships I know that there um, I know that there is almost an element of vulnerability when it becomes you know we're watching you know we're watching you that like that anointing how you know how you guys operate and stuff um, but did you and Miss Christy ever have to discuss the topic of discipleship like hey is this something we want to do together is it you know and how do you operate in that mentorship but still give time for family which i mean yes you love your family you spend almost all like all the time with them but there's still that moment of if people do come over for dinner or you know does that make does that yeah. make sense like yeah. how do you you know balance that and was there ever that topic to ever come up and say hey do we really want to do this or oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you better believe it you know so christy gray is the better discipler <laughs> So you're getting the short end of the stick. Maybe I should. (laughs) (laughs) So it's so funny. Christy Gray and I moved here six years ago. So our sixth year in Hamilton. And what's amazing to me is we've got two daughters in the natural Savannah and Raya. I mean, the world to us. Mm -hmm. It seems like the Lord just puts it in my heart to raise up daughters because they're natural to me. Mm -hmm. It's just natural. And then for Christy, though, all of these guys <laughs> run to her. Yeah. And um, it's awesome. She and I talk about it. Uh, it's something we really enjoy to do because we see so much potential. And then, but we've also seen immaturity mm-hmm. just crash and destroy potential. And so that's why we're so um, passionate about pouring into young people that, look, we've lived a few more years than you, Mm -hmm. please take the time to listen to what we have to say so you don't have to learn the same mistakes and you can live way above us already. Yeah. So that's my goal. I mean, I'm 47 years old and you're 23. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. What are you going to look like at 30? Right. You know, I didn't get awake until I was 36. Right. So I'm only really 11 years in this thing. Mm-hmm. What are you going to look like 11 years in? Yeah. Whoa. That's the goal. Well, I hope I'd be traveling. <laughs> well, you don't Whatever know. Whatever the Lord has for me right, is right. totally fine. Right. Um, and I love that too. And one thing that I really loved about being an RSM is there was always this quote. I honestly don't even know who said it first, but it was just this ongoing thing of let my ceiling be your floor. Yeah. And so I always think about that too in the terms of discipleship, like your ceiling as where you max out at, Yeah. you're able to pass that down. And so now it's my floor and I can go even higher. Yes. Um, and that also leads me to my last question um, and this is something that I do want to ask, you know, the next people that come on for the discipleship podcast yes. is, um, my pastor here at Encounter Church, Pastor Philip, he so said something, Phillip. um, a few weeks ago that really stuck out to me. He said, what you do in your life, your children will do in excess. Um, so as a spiritual father, what do you hope your spiritual kids do in excess? Passion. <laughs> Passion is not reserved for a church service. Passion is a lifestyle. I pray. Sometimes I can tell my daughters we're in Cracker Barrel. I'll see somebody. I'll go and pray for them, and then they kind of roll their eyes. I'm like, this is my normal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to just do this in a church service. I don't want to just preach or minister from the platform and not be the same person outside. I think that's really what turns a lot of people off to Christianity, to the faith of, of Jesus. I want to be the same person sitting in Burger King, yes. praise God, eating a Whopper, yes. than I do preaching at the ramp yeah. or any other you know church. I, I want to be passionate. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just like turn it on and turn it off. I want to turn it on and never turn it off. I want to break the off button. Yes. And when people see that passion, they, they're drawn to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have always been drawn to passionate people, and I just want to like, what is going on with you? Yeah. Is this real? And so I'll just, I know that's impacted me, and I just want to impact others with a passion. Mm-hmm. And if it offends others, my heart is not to offend. Right. My heart is to reflect. Yes. Can you imagine if Jesus is sitting right next to you, are you going to be like, Hey, man, what's up? No. If you've been bound in sin for 21 years and everything that you did on your own to get mm-hmm. to get free never happened, and then the one who sets you free comes into the room, yeah, you're not just gonna treat it's not going to be, yeah, mm-hmm. no. No, everything changes. Yeah. Everything stops. Everything focuses on him. And I think that's the issue with Christianity is we treat we accept Jesus, we receive Jesus, and we welcome him into the room, but he doesn't become center stage. Yeah. How is that possible? The one that died and rose again walks into the room, and we're like, hey, just, we'll get to you in a second, we've got announcements. No! Right. No! When the one who was and is and is to come mm-hmm. comes into the room, everything stops. Yeah. And that's my goal in life is it's okay. If I can live my life that way and living my life that way gives someone else permission to do that, Mm -hmm. that's what I want to do. That he is the most important thing to talk about and it's okay that everything else 
falls behind him. Yes. And if that's rude, it's not meant to be rude. If that <laughs> challenges people, it's meant to challenge people, mm-hmm. not offensively. Um, he's got to take first place. Yes. Not just in word, but in actual deed, yes. in action, in lifestyle. I love it. Is that what you're looking for? I hope so. Well, <laughs> you don't have to tell me anything that I want to hear because... I mean, if that, that was if that was the question, though, is that... The, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. But I don't ever want you to say anything that, oh, well, that's what they want to hear. No, 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 that's not quite me. But No, not at all. And I love that, though, is because just like you were saying, you, you live your life passionately, and if it offends, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry because it's Jesus. It's gospel, especially if it's biblical truth so no every yes everything you said has been golden um and i hope that this podcast this session has um encouraged you to really seek out those people of truth who are following the word who are teaching um the word who are teaching the scriptures and um that you you find somebody that can pour into you that will give you life, that you will be able to exceed all expectations that you thought you had for yourself. Um, so I encourage you to go in this next week, pray, um, be in prayer. Who Who is somebody that I can look up to that I know, um, that I know is, you know, sound and, and great to... I think don't be afraid. I would yeah. tell somebody, if you want to be disciple, don't be afraid. It doesn't bother me at all if a young person starts showing up at my house every day or texting mm-hmm. me every day. You know, it doesn't have to be this thing. Will you be my spiritual father? You right. know, no, that's no. <laughs> <me> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's very natural. Um, you know, when someone starts showing interest, it's a pretty good sign that they are looking for a deeper level of relationship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, don't be afraid. Yeah, Don't be afraid of rejection. Don't be afraid. Do not be led by fear in any way, shape, or form. If it's not going to work out, you know, the Lord will provide. Yes. That's what he does. And it's possible that if the person that you wanted to be a spiritual father, a mentor, a discipler to you, and the door closes, it's probably for your own good. Yes. And don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Because just like Mr. Richard said, God is always going to open the door. And he's always going to provide. So don't be discouraged. Amen. Amen. That's good. Don't be discouraged and don't be afraid. Yep. Well, we love you. And we will see you next time for part three of the Heart of of Blacksmith Ministries. There's a part three? Yeah, there will be a part three. Really? Yeah. A part three? A part three. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. See you soon.